COVID-19 has created a whole new avenue for scammers to steal from you. I'm your host, Sylvia Masters, and today I join the Better Business Bureau's Chris Babbitt to look at some of the more prevalent scams we've seen this month. How can you keep yourself safe? We'll find out now on 10 Talks Acadiana. 10 Talks Acadiana, the podcast powered by KLFY.com. I'm News Sylvia Masters here with Chris Babin with the Better Business Bureau of Acadiana. And we are talking all things ION scams, scams that are circulating even right here in Acadiana. Chris, let's talk about the scams we've covered with ION scams in the past month. One of them being aware of unexpected unemployment claims in your name. We know obviously still with COVID-19 going on, people are dealing with this scam. So Chris, tell us how that's going on right now. Yeah, we know throughout the pandemic, COVID-19, um, you know, unemployment has been on the rise. More and more people have been looking for jobs or maybe been um, furloughed for a certain amount of time, just based on economic reasons from the pandemic. And scammers know that, you know, being the opportunists that they are, they follow the headlines and they know that there has been a spike and a surplus of unemployment claims. So what they've done through through identity theft, basically, once they're able to get somebody's information, you know, that social security number, date of birth, name, address, all of that personal identifiable information that we talk about closely guarding, what we've found out and what we've had reported to us is that they're filing unemployment claims on those consumers' behalves. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times these people are getting letters from the Department of Labor at their home, wherever they're living at, saying, we saw that you filed for unemployment. We need you to provide proof of this, this, and this, maybe. And a lot of those people are working. They're, they're still working. They have a, you know, gainful employment. And scammers are the ones who've actually filed for the unemployment on their behalf, hoping, obviously, to collect those unemployment benefits and steal and make away with the funds. Chris, we talk a lot about guarding our personal information, right? How are these scammers getting access to this personal information and, and getting access to you know, bad things, really? Yeah, so a lot of the scams that we talk about, you know, scammers are after one of two things or maybe even both. You know, money, some type of financial means, some type of credit card, debit card information, or they're after your, your personal identity. Mm -hmm. The reason that they would use your identity, the, the list goes on and on, and this would just be one of those ways that they could use your identity to, to hurt you, because it could hurt your unemployment benefits, and obviously it hurts the state and taxpayers and everybody else when they're making away with the funds. So the reason we talk about identity and, and keeping that information so closely guarded is a situation just as this. So sometimes it might be a text message or an email or a phone call or something when they're impersonating one of those organizations that we would naturally know and trust all of a sudden. You know, we feel like that's who it actually is and we give them that information. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the scams that we talk about are how they get the identity. And this scam, for instance, is one of the ways that they would use that identity once they had it to take advantage of us and, and the unemployment system. All right, Chris, I want you to touch on, again, how scammers get this personal information. They can get it from a real scary thing from the dark web. I know some people, uh, you know, have heard about it, obviously, but it is real, it is out there, and that's where scammers can get personal information from us, right? Yeah, the dark web is, a, is, a, is an unregulated internet. You know, I don't actually know a whole lot about the dark web other than a whole lot of illegal activity takes place there. And, and some of what takes place is the buying and exchanging of mm -hmm personal identifiable information. Mm -hmm. A lot of the scam phone calls that we get, 
a lot of times are originated through lists of maybe thousands of phone numbers that are sold on the dark web to a scammer or an ethical person that wants to try to steal that information from somebody, wants to make the phone call and pretend to be with the Social Security Administration to get some information out of you. And a lot of times once those identities are obtained, a good, a good name and a good Social Security number, you know, they, they sell that information on a list to, to scammers that are going to do anything and everything they can to try to get one of those two things, mm -hmm. some personal identifiable information from us or our family members, which a lot of times we don't think about our children and the fact that they have social security numbers, that can be a really vulnerable situation as well, or some type of financial means, credit card, bank account, something like that. Wow, you learn something every day, and especially when it comes to all these scams and what scammers are doing nowadays. So Chris, we obviously, a lot of us, you know, we know that we went through the big freeze that we had and utility imposter scams are out there still, were out there when we went to this freeze. What did you see on your end at the BBB when it came to scammers, you know, representing utility companies? Yeah, so what we know happened through, through the freeze, obviously something that we weren't used to in South Louisiana, so it did affect utilities. Some people lost utilities, you know, there were certain companies that had to um, do rolling blackouts to keep things working properly. And through that confusion and those uncertain times, scammers take advantage of that, pretend to be with one of um, the reputable energy companies that we have, contacting consumers saying your bill's overdue or there's an issue with your power, which a lot of times we might believe because we just went through the hard freeze. There's been some confusion with how that's working. And of course they threaten us with things that are a little bit emotional. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when it's very cold outside and you're threatened to have your power cut off, you're probably more susceptible to giving somebody a credit card to make that past due payment, you know, for that instance than you would just any other time. We know these scans rotate annually around summertime in this area because it gets so hot. But the scammers based on the freeze were able to take advantage of that opportunity and contact consumers that we had some reports of locally here in Acadiana pretending to be with an energy company. And a lot of times we find out about that through um, reports to us on our scam tracker and people are saying they got contacted by the energy company who doesn't actually service right. the energy, the, the resources that they, you know, so obviously that's a scammer. Right. Um, but we have a lot of instances and, and it did happen with the freeze that we had locally. And speaking of that, these scammers call these uh, consumers saying they're going to turn off your power. I even spoke with a Clico representative and, and many utility companies, legitimate utility companies don't do that. They're not going to scare right. you into paying you right over the phone. So that's obviously right. you always learn uh, that's some helpful information there, Chris. And as well as if, if a consumer uh, gets a call from, you know, a scam call, they, are, they pick it up, they, you know, like it comes from a 337 yeah. area code, you know, we've talked about that before. Right. What should they say to the person on the other phone representing the utility company that's a scammer? What should they say? Yeah, so if you if you realize it's a scammer, you know, unfortunately, we, we just think, you know, it goes against kind of our hospitable nature in Acadiana, but we typically encourage you to just hang up and get off the phone with them. Because a lot of times nothing good is going to come from the conversation. Um, you know, used to, you mentioned the 337 area code, used to, you knew it was a crazy phone number calling your phone, so you probably didn't answer it. Well, nowadays, the, the phone numbers are a little convoluted in the sense that they can create whatever number they want. They can use whatever area code they want. Um, so instead of thinking it's a friend of yours from 337 area code that, that you maybe didn't have their number saved or it somehow is now missing from your phone, it's a scammer on the other end. And they try to, you know, use every technique they can. A lot of times, you know, what we don't realize and talk about as much is these scammers are actually really good at what they do. It's the reason that they're so successful. They are very convincing. They, they know the information that they need to try to get out of you what they want. So when you answer the phone and you realize 
this doesn't sound right. You know, one of the red flags that we discussed kind of go up. We would just encourage you to hang up, not answer the phone if you don't recognize the phone number. And make sure you clean your voicemail out because for some reason, the energy company's contacting you. There's a problem with your account. Nowadays, almost everything has online access, so you can go check and see if that's the case. Or if you get a notification, maybe a text message that says, hey, there's an issue with your account. Look up the phone number to LUS, Clico, Slimco, Energy, whoever you, you have that account with. Call them directly. Have them pull up your account when you know who you're talking to. And don't just trust those random phone calls. All right, Chris, jumping to another topic dealing with scams. A fun one to say typo squatting right. or URL hijacking, something I had never heard about before. I know I've been doing scams with you for a while right. and I had never heard of this topic before. So tell us about this. So I had not heard of typo <laughs> squatting either. Um, it was a unique term. It was formerly referred to as, as URL um, hijacking. And basically it's when scammers create URLs, websites, web addresses that are very similar to the ones that we would go to. So if you're typing in, especially on cell phones, you know, there's been a rise in this type of scam for years now because of the use of cell phones. It's a lot easier to misspell. Um, maybe you misspell something once and then your phone remembers it. So now it autocorrects to this misspelled word. You know, a lot of that happens on mobile devices and scammers, of course, like we talk about, know that. So, you know, something easy that we, we go to all the time, almost everybody, Amazon. You know, they might add an extra letter or an Amazon with an S to where you almost don't even realize it when you try to go to that website, but it's a fake website that they created that's really just trying to get your information. A lot of times, something for Amazon, potentially they just go to a login page. It says, oh, we don't recognize you, please log in. Well, if you go log in and it's a scam website, you just gave them your password, and your email address, now if they're able to go log into your Amazon account, into your actual account, they could ship products to themselves through your Amazon account that you're not aware of. They could potentially have access to credit card information. You know, that's the reason we have to closely guard that. But typo squatting is when scammers create websites and lookalike um, pages online that are very similar spelled spelled very similarly to what the actual website is hoping that people go to those websites by mistake and chris when people go to those websites they these fake websites if you will they look legitimate but they're not but scammers are also using you know logos of real companies yeah. elaborate on that yeah it's not hard to google any of those companies you know they want to use the ones that a lot of people are going to mm -hmm. um, it's not going to be the website that only has a few visitors a month it's going to be the one that has tens if not hundreds of thousands of visitors a month and it's it's easy to find logos of websites like that. For one, you can go to their website and probably get the logo there. But through the internet, you know, it's given us so much um, that we can use technology-wise, but it's also given scammers so much opportunity to create and try to deceive us. Mm -hmm. So they create a website, just like you mentioned, looks almost exactly like the same thing. Um, what you would notice on a scam website is a lot of the detail of the privacy policy and the copyright information. All of that typically is going to be missing because they don't take time to do those small details. They want to do the big part to where when you go to it, it looks just like the page and they're going to try to get some information out of you. Um, and that's, that's the thing to look out for. You know, it is actually illegal to create that. There is federal legislation that, that says if, if a scam or unethical person creates a website intentionally trying to deceive consumers, that it's the same website as the, as the actual one, there is federal legislation against that. It is, it is, they can't be charged criminally for it. The problem is a lot of these perpetrators are online. We can't, they're not easy to locate. Mm -hmm. um, so it's hard to bring a stop to that, but we can say, just be extra careful. Make sure you're going to the right website. 
And anytime you're putting in login information, credit card information, anything like that, make sure you know exactly the website you're on and where that information is going. And Chris, when I did this story about typo squatting for Ion Scams, we talked with the FBI. And right. touching on that, you and the FBI, the, the BBB rather, y'all have a good relationship, I know, along with the FTC. But, you know, all, all of these agencies and federal and government agencies, especially y'all here mm -hmm. locally, the BBB, are all cracking down on these scams and, and looking for the latest scams and trends. And, and now typo squatting, is this something new that you all are seeing or this has been in the works? It has been in the works for a while. It's, it's risen over the past few years simply because of the increase in typos, you know, and people using their cell phones and using things to where they might hit the wrong key. So since the, the, the use of cell phones has risen over the years, so has this type of scam. Um, and you're right, we do work closely with the, the local FBI office here. Um, one of our contacts specializes in cyber crimes, which is a lot of what we um, experience and have reported to us. So we give that information and pass that on to them so that they can you know, go through their stages of trying to investigate these things, whether they're locally or, or nationally or internationally based. We do work closely with the Federal Trade Commission. We just had um, a roundtable discussion with them recently to, to let them know what are the most recent things you're hearing about so that they can you know, gather their resources and try to put a stop to that as well. The state attorney general's office, you know, all of the information that we collect through our scam tracker, through phone calls, emails, you know, that we try to get out into the media with you guys, we make sure to communicate back to them as well. That way we can all kind of be on the same page and know what to look out for and not just give consumers the red flags so that they know what's going on and, and educate them, but also so that um, agencies with authority can come in and hopefully bring a stop to some of the scams that we experience. Wow, and Chris, you mentioned partnering obviously with the FTC Federal Trade Commission. You all at the BBB did an in-depth investigative study regarding gift card scams. So right. tell us what you all found in that really, really big study that y'all did. Yeah, we do a, an international investigation through, we have 100 locations at the Better Business Bureau throughout the U.S., Canada, and some of Mexico, and we have a team put together that, that conducts international investigations. Most of them take three or four months, and we release that investigation quarterly. Um, we release it together through the media so that we can bring light to it, but um, the gentleman that leads that investigative team, Steve Baker, he retired from the Federal Trade Commission. He's now a Better Business Bureau employee. And uh, we, we basically take our scam tracker report over the last year, last couple months, what have we really been seeing a lot of nationwide, and we focus on that. And gift cards was the most recent investigation we just released the first quarter of this year. And it's had to do with the, the rise in gift card scams. Um, you know, from 2017 to this year, moving into 2021, you know, it's been like three times more gift card scams than there ever was before. And, uh, you know, the gift card industry as a whole is, is a multi-billion dollar industry, especially through the pandemic. You know, there's been a lot more um, gift cards purchased over this last year than there ever were before simply because it was hard for people to get out to stores and stuff as much. People were spending a lot more time online and it's easier with everything going on to give somebody a gift card. And speaking of gift card scams, what are the ways that scammers can really hack the information? I mean, it's it's really interesting to hear, but it's real. They can do this. It's real. It's really intricate. You know, the gift cards can be um, tampered with when they're still in the store before you ever purchase it. We have different ways that that's done. Used to, they would try to scratch off the PIN number on the back so that they would know the PIN number and they would write down the, the, the number from the, the card. And they would continually try to check it online. And if and when you loaded that, 
which that's some of the vulnerability in gift cards. Typically, we don't purchase our own gift card to go spend right away. We purchase it to give to somebody, which could be a w multiple weeks before we realize the balance is gone. So that kind of opens up the window for scammers to try to take it, you know, take advantage of, of loading the funds off of it. Um, so they get the information from the card, kind of keep checking it every few days, and as soon as it has a balance, they go ahead and wipe the card off and make away with the funds. You give the, the gift card to a friend of yours, they you know, go get embarrassed at line at the checkout when it doesn't work because there was, the, the funds were gone. That's one of the ways that, that gift cards can be taken advantage of. Right. Chris, I want you to touch on this gift card scam happened to a local Acadiana resident who I believe gave a report on Scam Tracker. Mm -hmm. And what, what, tell us what her report said and, and you know, the, tell us y'all are still receiving reports on Scam Tracker of this happening here locally. Yeah, locally what we had, it was kind of an employment scam twisted into a gift card scam all in one. Uh, of course, she was looking for employment, which is the other aspect of the unemployment scams. There really are people looking for work. And in that time, you know, a lot of scammers have created fake job listings. And people are in a situation that, you know, they're trying to support their lives, their families, and, and take care of their loved ones. And they may be willing to go outside of what they would normally do to be able to get a job. And this, this lady found a job online. Um, it was one where she was going to be able to work from home. You know, if we, sound, we, we say a lot, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. This is especially, you know, insightful in this situation because it was going to pay her good money, you know, to do a decent job that she felt comfortable being able to do. She was going to be able to work from home, flexible, convenient, everything that she wanted it to be. But of course, they needed her to have some software on her computer, mm -hmm. which sounds like a reasonable thing. Well, they said, we, we're going to purchase the software because we know exactly the, the, the unique software that you're going to need, but it is something you have to pay for as a new employee. She said, okay, no problem. What do I need to do? Well, they had her go online, purchase an electronic gift card to, um, to a software company that in turn, they would be able to purchase the software and download and take care of everything on her computer. She became wise to this before she actually ended up losing, you know, a lot of money. But I think she lost $50, $100, something like that, if I remember right, because she purchased the, the gift card, gave them the information that they needed. And of course, as soon as they had that, those funds were gone. They used the funds that the gift card was for and the job never existed. She never heard from them again. Of course, she's still looking for employment after reporting that to us. But that's the kind of thing that these scammers go through and take care of already, um, you know, vulnerable people. And, and take things from them like that. And that's a sad situation, Chris, here, you know, talking locally about it happening. And you mentioned how scammers get the personal information or information rather from the gift cards, but also, you know, gift cards are an increasingly popular tool for scammers. And how, you know, are scammers, again, getting that information and using it to take the money and run, really. I mean, you can't get the money back. Yeah, gift cards are almost the same as cash. You know, it's, a, it's an electronic, digital way to, to basically hand somebody some dollar bills. That's the reason scammers like to use it. You know, credit cards, there's a lot of protection on those these days. Depending on the financial institution you're with, you can have the funds refunded to you. And a lot of times you can try to dispute the charges. With a gift card, though, whether it's a Walmart gift card, it's a store-specific gift card, it's a Visa gift card. It doesn't matter the type of gift card. There's very little protection. One thing we would recommend is if you get a gift card and it's for you, to register that in your name. You can also a lot of times create a unique PIN number to where if you're going to maybe keep that gift card and continue to reload it, you know, you can create a unique PIN number to even be allowed to use the gift card. That way, if a scammer would make away with it, they wouldn't be able to use it anyway, and you would still have access to those funds um, through that service provider. But the other way that they, they take advantage of these gift cards is if, you know, if, if you're ever in a situation and the only payment method that they're 
offering to you is a gift card, that's typically what we're calling a red flag to be on the lookout for. Um, any legitimate company or business is going to allow other payment options. And a lot of times if a gift card is the only reason that they're going to let you pay or the only way they're going to let you pay, it's probably because something fishy is going on. Right. Oh, my goodness. It's real and it's happening out there. Chris, I want to touch on tax filing scams. We're obviously in tax season. What are the scams you all are seeing right now in regards to tax filing? So for one, first and foremost, if you're, you know, a lot of people these days are able to, to file their own taxes online. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure you know what website you're at because everything that we put into our tax return is all of that personal identifiable information that we talk about guarding very closely. So if you're doing taxes online, make sure you know w what website you're on, where you're at, who you're giving that information to. And if you're going to use somebody in person, then make sure you know um, who they are, that you've maybe vetted the company, that they have licensing. You do have to have licensing to help people prepare their tax returns. You know, make sure that they have you know, the things that would, get, that would have you trust them in place before you just start turning over all of that information. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you've been a victim of identity theft or you're maybe just leery, you know, you can go to the IRS website or irs.gov, register for what's called an identity protection PIN. It's an IP PIN number. That is a six digit code, it's unique to you, and you, are, um, you need that code in order to file your tax return. The reason that would be important is we have um, reports every year around this time that people go to file their taxes, they get a notice from the IRS that it was a duplicate return and that their return had already been filed. And in a lot of those instances, what happens, it's not that the person filed it and forgot, it's that a scammer had their information and filed it before they did because they were trying to collect that refund before they were able to get to it. Wow, Chris, and talking about all of these scams, how can people report scams that may have happened to them, how can they get in touch with you all? So the most important thing that we can do in, in discussing these scams is consumer education, what we're, what we're doing right now. Um, the privilege of meeting with you guys and talking about what's going on. That way people know, hey, I encountered something like that pretty recently. Maybe that was a scam or maybe now hearing it, they are able to, to notice it in the future before getting scammed. That's what we really hope. Mm -hmm. um, but in order to, to know what to talk about, what's actually going on, we do need people to report that to us. They can call us, 337-981-3497. Um, Let us know what's going on. Our local office right here in Lafayette on Congress Street. Um, we have seven employees in the office waiting to talk to you if you need help. All of our consumer services are free. Um, we're here to help walk you through the situation you're in. Um, and our online scan tracker is also another way. And you can remain anonymous. You don't have to give your information. Um, we understand sometimes, especially those that might have fallen, you know, to a scam where they've lost a lot of money, you know, it, it can be embarrassing and we understand that. Um, so we're not here to, to put your personal situation out, but we are here to collect the information so that we know what to talk about. And, and our database, last year we had over 30,000 reports of people that got scammed, experienced some type of scam, and the only way we steer these efforts on what to communicate back out into the community is through that. And we mentioned earlier the FBI, Federal Trade Commission, Attorney General's Office. We compile every year an annual report based on what we received the year before. And that information that consumers give us is, is our number one tool to help combat these scammers. Yes, and absolutely. And to you know, tell other people what's going on when it comes to scams and that right. it's happening out here. It's happening locally here in Acadiana. As always, Chris Babin with the Better Business Bureau of Acadiana talking all things Ion Scams. 10 Talks Acadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Nexstar Media Production.